can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to an incredibly special edition of Cthulhu in Cairo. I am Raz, and I am joined by most of the team. Um, Sans one, and that's Vadim, and you probably already know why that is, but we'll save that for later. Uh, but we're also joined today by someone who's going to be with us on stage, live at Origins, for the live play of Cthulhu in Cairo, and that's Seth Skorkowski. Seth, how are you this evening as I grabbed you taking a drink? <laughs> oh, no, no, don't worry, you could have gotten me coughing right Wonderful. Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much for joining us. It's a great honor. Um, you know, three years ago when we started this, it was a COVID project that we were like, let's see where it goes. And now we've been fortunate enough to have, you know, a very modest following, but people seem to like us, the ones that at least catch on to it. So we're so thrilled to have you with us. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Matt, again, I want to shout, shout out to Matt McLeod um, from Lurking Fears for helping get this all set up and putting people in touch with us and vice versa. Uh, couldn't do it without him. Um, Seth, for the 10 people in the world or who listen to Cthulhu and Cairo that don't know you, why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit real quick about you and then we'll go to the rest of the cast. Um, I am a, I'm a, a fantasy and horror author and uh, a few years ago, I kind of on a just bad day and whim decided to set up a camera and start talking at it about gaming and that has uh, spiraled into my YouTube channel with the highly imaginative name Seth Skorkowski uh, where I talk about just different game reviews different game philosophies or just really stupid videos because that was the mood that that was that took me over so that's kind of the thing uh since uh i've gotten any award for it i've gotten uh some writing gigs with uh different rpg publishers uh, call of cthulhu traveler um another i'm not allowed to talk about but just it yet with malt and uh so <laughs> i've gotten to, to do some of that excellent yeah if you haven't by somehow playing Cthulhu and you haven't run into a Seth video, check them out on YouTube. They're amazing. Um, there's even, I'm, I'm just going to say it, there's even costumes uh, at times, so it can be a lot of, of fun. Lots of fake mustaches. Really, <laughs> <of> really <laughs> cheap fake mustaches. <laughs> but who doesn't love that? I mean, It's that's... the best kind of fake mustache. A like... fake mustache is the best kind of fake mustache? No, no, no. Like an inexpensive <laughs> Lauren like, Grigoletti 2023. So. <laughs> no, like... Because if the if the fake mustache looks like a real mustache, it defeats the purpose. Oh, you're saying that? Uh, oh, I get you. No, right? Because okay. then you're just Burt Reynolds. Like the I humble, get what she's saying. The humble fake mustache is far right. superior to something that could pass. Gotcha. Makes sense. Do you also think that way for toupees? <laughs> is a is a bad toupee better than a good toupee? Um, it looks completely. It depends natural. on how you rock it. Okay, fair enough. All right. So, so I'm good with that answer. Uh, the rest of the cast, though, that is here, Melinda playing Fa our beloved Faye Dawson, uh, the girl with the forehead of stone. How are you tonight, Faye? How's everything going? I'm doing great. Normally, I'm never the first one up, so that was genuine shock. I was like, huh? I'm doing great. I'm excited. Well, I don't know if excited is the right word to go back to the lockhouse, but... Uh, Actually, I'm not the one that broke something the last time we went there. So you know what? I'm excited to go back. 
Yes, that is true. Catherine may not be well w- 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 there with open arms, but the rest of the team should be okay. I mean, I mean who's going to get her? The ghosts? Actually, I rescind. I retract my statement. I retract my statement. <laughs> and playing our beloved Ella Walcott, the clairvoyant with the mostest is Kayla Grigoletti. Kayla, how are you tonight and how is Ella? Ella is recovering. Kayla has gone through a whirlwind of stuff, but I'm happy to be back on mic and doing this special episode with our guests. So all's great. All's well in this world. Um, Because Ella's never been to the lock house, she's got a little mystery goal in mind besides the ley lines, but mm. that will be revealed for the viewers in time. Excellent. And there we have sitting stoically waiting his turn with uh, with the patience of a of a British coloni- colonizer is <laughs> Joel playing Jack Cavendish. How are you this evening, sir? How's Jack? I'm fantastic. Jack is just wonderfully happy to no longer be a goddamn blood doll. Um, I am very excited to see the lock house again. I hope it'll be just as fun as the last time. <laughs> I hope it becomes a nice pile of cinders when I'm done. I really... <laughs> <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> to the ground. I believe the term is raise. R-A-Z-E. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. And last but not least, the nurse that if there was an award for Bedside Manor, if there was a way to show compassion that she has by gripping someone's hair and saying, take your effing medicine, Catherine Ross by Lauren Grigoletti. How is Catherine and how is Lauren? <laughs> That's fabulous. <laughs> take your medicine. I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing fabulous. It's been a while since we've sat down for a recording for yes. context for our lovely listeners. It is May 2023. And as someone who works in the art industry, it's the busiest time of year. So this will be an absolutely lovely distraction. I'm so excited Seth is here. Um, let's party. All right. I agree. Let's get started. So you're back on the river um, with your normal taxi man, your ferryman up and down the the waterway and uh it's been a few days right you had to take the train back from aluru that took two or two days um you got to darwin you were able to hire your friend back to uh escort you up river to the locks the team is obviously still reeling uh i'm gonna turn it over to you guys and you know if there's anything that you feel needs to be said now i guess is the time to have that interaction phase just uh looking out at the horizon the the landscape if you will uh, and she turns her attention she's kind of just looking at everyone noticing that nobody's really saying anything i think we're all just still reeling from the loss uh but if there's anything that Faye's good at doing it's talking so she's going to clear her throat maybe a little bit too loud um and then she just goes <clears throat> so so do you need a lozenge or something N- no uh, i just thought i would uh you know address the elephant in the boat oh um you know it's <clears throat> where's our boatman during this encounter on the till all right you know seeing as Nobody's barely said a word since we said bye to the other team and collected ourselves, and now we're going back to the lockhouse. I thought that I would open up the floor for discussion. Um, 
And now that I've opened the floor for discussion, I am regretting so because I don't know what to say, and now I understand why everyone has been so quiet this trip. Jack um, pulls his flask out from his uh, jacket, opens it up, holds it up in the air, and he says, I don't know that there's much more to say than he was a chap to Vadim Gavrilov, a man for all seasons. Takes a swig and passes it to the next person. Faye takes it. She lifts it up in the air and she says to Vadim and she takes a swig of the very shockingly strong alcohol and tries not to choke it as she uh, passes it over to Catherine. To Vadim, who made a choice so I didn't have to. Fuck you, man. Takes a very long sip, hands it to Ella. Ella doesn't see it at first. She's wrapped up in the notes for the translations they found at Aluru. Like, she's literally hyper fixating on something because she's so freaked out. But then when she, you hold it out to her again and you, like, shake it if you do, uh, she will take it and just stare at it for a while and say, Bottom. He didn't know why fate had brought him here. He did not choose it. But he accepted all of us. In all our fucked up itness. No matter what we threw at him, he was calm, stalwart. A true friend. So. She just swigs three, four, five shots of the stuff, basically almost emptying it and, like, gags. That's gonna ruin your pants. Jeez. He may have been silent for most of his life, but we will not be silent in our memory of him. Huzzah! Jack, this is disgusting! The driver takes it. He's like, wow, I was, uh, I was going to ask, but you all seem so somber that I wasn't sure if I should uh, bring up the fact that you were missing uh, a member of a team. Um, I didn't know him well. Threatened me once or twice. Considering how long we were in the boat together, that's about right. Um, I can only imagine that it's been hard. Australia's a tough place. Lots of things. Uh, trying to kill you. It's uh, it's not for the faint at heart. So I'm sorry about your friend. It's never, never something that. It's never something easy being the one left behind. Survivor's guilt. It's tough, man. And uh, he takes a small sip. He says, "Uh, good on you then." And passes the flask back to you. He says, "Uh, your friend married." Uh, he was. Um, he lost his wife, uh, 
not too long ago, and he just lost his son. Christ. Oh, tough life. Folks live a... Folks live it rough. It's uh, all connected to the whole thing that brought you out here. All the all this is connected. Unfortunately. Crikey, that's uh. Wow. Uh, whatever it is, must be uh mighty important for you to keep pressing on like that, especially someone. I mean, from as far away as Russia, like he was. He had to be doing it for for a hell of a good reason. Come all the way out here, risk himself after losing a wife and child. Most people get here, lose a wife and child, and decide to pack it up and go home. Uh, yet he kept plowing on. Tough bloke. You know, he pretended not to care. He said that many times, that he didn't care, that he would do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. But for a man that raised my ire more than once... In the end, he proved himself to be more than true. I think it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, that I will take care of his daughter and her paramour and make sure that they live the best life they can given the circumstances. And forget Madame Gavrilov. Oh, he had another one? Another child? Daughter. Little girl. Um, Jack, I'll, you already have your two girls. I want to help too. Well, it does appear that my reserve is becoming a place for wayward children. So it will always be a home for anyone here should they wish to come and, and stay. You know, I have always wanted to sell the brownstone. Are there goats? Well, I'm sure there sure are goats. Hmm. We'd find you some goats if that's what you needed. I've often thought about goats. That's frightening. I dreamt of a cottage in the Cotswolds and like goats or sheep farming or something. It's a bit hotter in Africa. That is very true. That is very true. It has two seasons, wet and dry, each with their advantages and disadvantages, sadly. There are many negatives to Africa. Venomous creatures... Heat, disease, but there are many pluses as well. Freedom. Sounds like home. Beauty. Yes, it's much like Australia, I will say. Maybe not as many venomous snakes, but... Except unlike Australia, Africa is the seat of the modern humanity, so... We're not that crazy out here, miss. Are you trying to say cradle of life type thing? Is that what you, you're getting at? Is, 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 um, what are you talking Ancient about? Ancient civilizations have been drawn out from Africa and the Middle East. Mm. Australia is more known for its wild nature, not its and, cities or monuments, which is really? why we are taking an interest in it. But it does not matter. Faye, have you seen this? Funny you should mention that, miss, because if you talk to the first people here, uh, that tell their their tales uh, through, through song and, and dance and some artwork in caves. They'll tell you that as old as life is, it was seeded here, right here in Australia, which uh, they also claim that at one time everything was connected. It was just one big piece of land. I don't know if I believe that. That sounds kind of bollocks. But the whole thing being that they said that it was one giant 
continental shelf together, one big planet of just this plop of Earth. And then terrible things happened. And the countries were split, you know, split, and everything kind of shifted away and drifted. Can't imagine seeing Australia's drift. It's a little big, but that's what they said. That was a prevailing theory during Darwin's era. Well, I've never read him, but I know the town's named after him, so it must be a pretty amazing man. So Yes. Well, again, you have my condolences. We'll be getting there in a few moments. Um, hope everything... Uh, hope you're successful in whatever you're working on, folks. It seems seems mighty important. And this one's on me. You know, you, you know the load's a little bit lighter on, on the motor because we don't have your Russian friend here, but um, don't need to lighten your pockets and your hearts at the same time. So... This one's on me. Thank you. Thank you. Seth, uh, several days ago, two days ago, you arrived uh, in Australia and were taken down the river by Jesse, whose Australian accent, thank God, has not upset too many of our listeners. Uh, I have gotten several comments, but, not, <laughs> you know, like Australians didn't talk like that back then, dude. I'm like, sorry, but that's what I got. So what, what does it sound like? Uh, well, it's hey, right there. I'm going to take you down the river and, you know, we'll put you upside along the house. And uh, that's a nice looking hat you got there. Everything was wrong. I was told it was <laughs> the whole thing was crap. So, uh, I'm okay. My, my attempts at just about any accent goes from like Australian to Cockney to Irish, kind of at <laughs> random. That's why I don't try. <laughs> Your <laughs> accent it's fluid. Order. It's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> accent fluid. <laughs> What accent do you identify as? Identify oh. <laughs> as, as Northeastern um, United States. So, yeah. So, Jesse brought you in. Nice guy. Slow boat. Oh, slow Jesse. Slow boat. Um, stop that, Mel. And he brought you up river because Darwin is in the very northern part of Australia. So, everything's basically south of there. That it was a port in the 1933. Uh, and right now, you're in mid-April. So, the uh, the Outback's already coming into its... It's, you know, its own as far as weather. But he brought you down, dropped you off at the house. And when you arrived, knocked on the door several times, you found out that there was nobody home. But the door had been left open. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You went in, looked around, made yourself at home because you came out awfully long way <laughs> and uh, started to look at some of the things in the room. So if you'd like to wander around a little bit, we can go through that real quick and tell you what you see. But when you enter, it looks like yeah, a curiosity yeah. shop, you know? So, yeah, it's a curiosity shop with all different kinds of items and baubles and almost I'm not going to say hoarder. It's more organized than that. But there is not a lot of space that you can't seem to find something of, uh, you know, an oddity. OK, uh, well, well, probably, you know, I will I will set down my, you know, big suitcases uh, and and then probably once I am able to like find a well and get some water or, or whatnot, uh, kind of wander looking around, see like anything catches my eye um, as, as both a historian and a cultist, see if there's anything just like really notable. Um, just, just poking around uh, since I, I know the, the reason I came mostly. So let's see how good this guy is. All right. So one of the things that you find, you don't have to make it. it there's so many items. There's no need to even make like roles for observations. This is just going to be, timing and, and walking through. So the first thing you see uh, is a, can a canopic jar, but it's done in a 
stylized art form of Chinese. And the inscription on it, when you uh, are able to, it's it's been, it's just inscribed in ancient Chinese symbols. But there's a little placard underneath it that says, we give her back to you in better shape than when she came to us. So that's on a little card in front of it. So there's, yeah, it's just this weird, it's like, you know, you look at it, you're like, that is, that looks like a canopic jar. I mean, that's exact. it's got the head, but everything is stylized Chinese. Very odd. Um, mm. You also see a small, what almost looks like by today's standards, a baby food jar, and it's just marked and labeled Black Widow's Tears. That's there. Um, some of the other things. Her. What's that? <laughs> Who hurt <laughs> her? Thinking of my ex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. They knew Karen. Uh, (laughs) These guys are good. These guys are really good. The, uh, they also have, yeah. Uh, For context, my most significant person is, is Winnie Martin who stole my heart at college and then married Dexter Hill when I hesitated too long. So really the bitch. (laughs) And that's coming from a woman. Like I, I actually didn't close the deal. It's my fault, but I'll blame her. Hell yeah, as you should. As a male, <laughs> solidarity, brother. <laughs> you, uh, you move around, and one thing then at the corner of your eyes, you move more, more towards the the back of the room where the kitchen is. You see a what looks to be like a knapsack or a backpack, but it's really out of place. Like you've never seen anything designed like this before. It. Lots of zippers and pockets, um, almost a material that's, you can't even place the material. It, it's, it's sort of odd, but there's a, sm- there's, you know, the, on some of the backpacks, the bougier ones, they have the leather tag that has a name that you can either put in with pen or whatever to say if it gets lost or misplaced. So it has a luggage tag and on it, it says Gary Hinge. Okay. Is that, and that's not a name I'm familiar with? No, no, it's not a name. And if, I mean, you know what? Let's make, why don't you go ahead and make me an observation check on this one. See if maybe something else stands out about it, if you wouldn't mind. Barely. 54 out of 60. So. All right, that works. If you had to guess, um, it doesn't seem like it's from now. It It, it has a, this feeling of being designed so differently in your hands and the like there's plastic where the where the straps would adjust you've never seen anything like that it's not a lock and hook system like you know very common in the 30s like a belt hook with with eyelets no it's it's got this adjustable strap and it's padded it's it's very much advanced for this period of time and it just doesn't make any sense that you know you've never like i said you've never seen really anything like it Oh, I'm going to dig through. I'm also picturing it when you talked about like, it's made of this weird material covered in zippers. Like, oh, it's like Michael Jackson's jacket turned into a backpack. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to. It's foldable inside out. So (laughs) you can can edit. Now uh, what it's, it's nylon. It's some form of nylon. So it's not even like a canvas. So it's got, it's that waxier material that like, what is it? But it's all weather more, you know, waterproof inside. You find um, what appears to be a torch, but again, out of date. Doesn't make any sense. And a, a simple change of clothes and some pretzel sticks. Uh, He's pondering go. the pretzel stick. That's what's going on. I, I, I am. It's, I, I am. think we is all it, are. Is it, is it wrong to, to eat them? But, you know, I was invited. You can have anything you want. In the Softer pool. hard pretzel. Little sticks. Little sticks. Just little mini ones. The, the, the matchstick type. Oh, you can eat oh, those yeah. whenever you want. 
Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> Jesus God. So I'm All just right. gonna kind of loot around and yep. occasionally keep like checking a window to see if I could see any sign of anyone around here. Okay. The you do at later on in the day, uh, about five o'clock, you do see several Aborigines sitting on the far side of the river watching the house. Um, they're definitely a little bit more colonized than you would have expected, like from the deep part of Australia. So, you know, they may be wearing a hat, maybe, you know, of some sort or because they've come in contact with the met with the people of Darwin. But for the most part, you can still tell they're they they probably live very nomadic but they're just kind of watching the house and they're not approaching and everything's doesn't seem like they're upset about you being there okay well my specialty is archaeology not anthropology so i will just kind of note them um and probably if they leave shortly is when it'll occur to me it's like maybe i should ask them about lock <laughs> <laughs> you know come to think of it uh, so that takes quite a while because they stay there till after after dusk. They literally stay out there till the sun comes all the way down. And just as the light's fading, and you're getting that, you know, that haze across the the you know the desert areas and the and the you know the tumbleweeds and things that are in this part of uh, Australia, you see them turn and make their way back east, away from the house. All right, inside, what else you find? Let's see if there's anything else. Oh yeah. In a large cabinet in in the dining room next to the table, it has got a drape, a small drape over it, but you can tell it's some sort of a display piece. You open it up, and inside is a femur bone. And by the dimensions of it and size of it, as an archaeologist, you would guess to say that the person must have been about 11 feet tall that it belonged to. Sweet Jesus. Okay. Is there anything about, like, where this came from or... Yeah, there's uh, something written. Do you speak any Spanish? Sadly, no. I've 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 got I've got Latin, but not Spanish. Well, it's a Latin-based language. So, um, go ahead and give me a, a roll on on your Latin, and let's see if you if you get a hard success, we'll we'll say you're picking up a little bit of words here and there, just root words, maybe things you can work with. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> All right. The only one that comes out that stands out you though says Patagonia. So you get that out of it little treasure trove yeah it's kind of it's got the creepies couple more things you make yourself tea or whatever you would drink in the evening you find uh inside the bread <laughs> inside the bread bin on the counter somebody tucked this away and it was, you would guess it was probably rushed like done last minute because it's on its side it's not kind of displayed properly but is a head and it's in a fairly advanced state of decay and its mouth is sewn shut. And if you look at it, you look around, tattooed on its skin down here, it says, Possible Judas. Um, now, now, you said it's like, like it, it's really decomposed, like, like it's not mummified. Is it like it's still yeah, juicy? Prob- no, it's not juicy. It's probably to that point of almost mummification. Like, if it had been in the desert and dried out, but it still has that, that lips pulled back, the eye sockets really sunk, but it's not juicy. We'll say it's, okay. you know, more mummified, yeah. Okay. And uh, I was like, this isn't my host, is it? That'd be awkward. <laughs> what a way to find him, Edgar. <laughs> Elroy? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to close that bread box right the hell back up. All right. I'm going to skip the Wonder Bread today. Yeah, we won't have bread with our tea. 
toast is out of op, not an option. Nighttime is here. You find the oil lamps are all filled for the most part, barely anything burned off. You're getting the sense that whatever happened, wherever they went, they went either in a fairly decent hurry because there's some dirty dishes in the sink. They they have scabbed over and crusted over a little bit uh, from time, but you're not getting like such a swarming sense of cockroaches and and other vermin where you think that they've been gone like several weeks. But, you, you know, some ants on the counter, maybe the rest of the house, though, is like I said, is just filled with one bizarre thing after another. Some of it garbage, but you are picking out these key pieces. But it's getting kind of late, so you're more than what there is a guest room upstairs. I'm mean, you probably you could figure that from the size of the house. They probably have more than one bedroom up there. So, oh well, I will uh, probably once it gets late enough, mm-hmm. I will head upstairs, find a, uh, a suitable bedroom. Okay, myself carry carry my things up. Um, probably stay up for a little bit reading. Check the window a couple times. Like, is there anyone out there? And then, yeah, probably retire for the night. If it wasn't for the fact that you're from this, the part of Europe you're from, this sense of absolute nothing and loneliness would probably be really disconcerting, right? But you're you're kind of from a group of people who value privacy, <laughs> sort of stick alone quite a bit. So, I'm. You tell me. How does your character feel about it? Is the isolation really jarring to him, or? Is this sort of in your wheelhouse right now as far as no lights, no, no, nothing? You know, you look outside, it's just, it looks like under the bed, right? It's just black. Um, well, 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 Dan Firth is, uh, he's, he's very much an academic. So okay. he is, uh, he's not, he has, he has done the field, but he is very, usually very, he's kind of pale. He, he spends most of his time in, in museums and libraries and archives and all that. So, um, which that, Heart appeals to him about this place on the fact there's so much neat stuff, but at the same time, he's in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and there is no one um, around. There's there's no there's nothing, so it is probably very uh, strange for him. Mostly because he doesn't venture out very much unless it's been for digs, which would have a huge group of people going. Sure. So he he probably is very weirded out. Of, you know, I came all this way. Where the hell is everybody? So uh, he is he's probably just kind of keeping himself distracted and trying not to kind of admit how uncomfortable this is for him. So is he reading his own books? Is he going to grab something off the shelf? Uh, there's books throughout every room, um, some placed haphazardly. Some left near a bed, you know, entirely up to you. But if you have your own, you know, your own reading or something you're involved in, that's fine. If you want to pick something from the locks, I'm sure we can find a, a tome that's a little odd. Yeah, if, if uh, any, anything here that I think might strike uh, my fancy, something I might not have been familiar with before. Uh, or if there's anything in like a history or anything of this place. Mm-hmm. Or uh, know about Ayers Rock? Anything on that? Uh, so anything kind of local. Go ahead and do you have a library check or anything to check the house? If you're going to look for like an, a specific like an Ayers Rock, you kind of can walk around with a lamp with the lamp and kind of search for that. Um, we can ha- we can see if that works. Regular success. All right. So you do you find a a book about Ayers Rock and Uluru? 
Uh, it talks about its composition, why it why they believe it glows red as the sun's setting and things like that. And some of the caves. It does have a few photographs in black and white of the artwork. Nothing in color. Uh, very, very Aboriginal. I mean, the descriptions would be there. You know, some of them are very complex. Some are very just simple stick figures of larger creatures and smaller creatures. Uh, informational. Pretty much anything you could pick up from Encyclopedia Britannica times, you know, the number of pages involved. You know, you're not going to get this massive insight, but you do learn a lot about the area uh, and also about some of the Aboriginal tribes that that tend to really consider Uluru uh, such, you know, this incredibly sacred place. So, yeah, I mean, the, the book, you know, it keeps your interest for a while. It's well written. Okay. Update my Goodreads with 50% complete. <laughs> Enjoying it. Um... Four stars. The other than that, yeah, um, the night progresses on. What is uh, what 10, 30, 11 o'clock, whatever you feel is a comfortable time for you to lay your head down. Probably, probably pretty early. Uh, actually okay. having a bed in a house, uh, being the fact he's slept on ships, he's slept in, in all sorts of just weird environments. So even though it is a abandoned house with a head in the bread box in the middle of absolutely nowhere, mm is a bed <laughs> right <laughs> i mean there is a plus there's an upside we'll say yeah nine o'clock eight thirty nine o'clock you you kind of settle yourself down as you doze off it's it's not long until you definitely start to sense pressure it's just like the room is either it, if you had to feel like your ears want to pop uh your eyes when you wake up they're a little watery right they're kind of like you're trying to just blink out the excess water from your eyes and you kind of just want to you know pinch your nose and puff real hard but it's not it doesn't seem to be fixing the problem okay so this is like just in the middle of the night this starts happening mm -hmm. yeah you wake up probably like just a lot you know one o'clock in the morning okay well uh the, the, the first thing you do with your under pressure and you you stop singing bowie uh is Probably some tea, hmm. because that's what the British do. Sure. All right, down you go. Uh, there is a pump, a pump uh, over the sink, the old, you know, the the hand pump that actually. So this house actually had a, a well drilled, so it, it's it's fairly functional. It's not like you have to go outside for it. Thank goodness, especially in the dark. The um, but you you know you hit the thing a few times. It's not. It hasn't had water come through the pipe in a while, so it takes a few creaky. Uh, can I have a listen check? <laughs> no. Okay. The water comes out. Uh, you catch it into the kettle. And with a little bit of wood from the a pile that's still there neatly stacked, you're able to get the stove lit. The top starts to heat up you know, as efficiently as wood stoves did. About eleven minutes, and then because <laughs> it's it's cast iron, takes a little while to get up to temperature. But yeah, you get the kettle on and and the water's going. There is a window in the kitchen that faces north, back where Darwin would have been heading. So the house is kind of situated facing the river, and then the window's also looking out, you know, to that direction. And um, and is, is moving around helping me with this kind of like weird sense of pressure that was kind of like on my eyes and sinuses or any of that? No. Okay. Um, 
Um, I might actually see if I could step out for some just fresh air. Okay. Maybe there's, maybe there's bad air in this house. There could be. It's 1933. There's probably lots of people with bad air. The uh, Yeah. You, do you want to go out through the front door? There is a door, a, a, a back door in the kitchen that would go out towards... Uh, the garden that you kind of had looked around when you first got to the house and were looking, hello, hello, you saw a garden out back. So there's a back door and a front door. Which would you prefer to use? Uh, does either have a porch? Both have a porch. Uh, the then front has a small one. Yep. Okay. It's just right there. Sure. And, um, is there any livestock here? No. Uh, that's going to make things uncomfortable later, but okay. All right. I will probably step out, see if I can get some some air, and uh, just try to try to clear this up. Maybe uh, just some sort of allergy. Who knows? You open the door, step outside. You're there for you know a moment or two. Uh, are you? You're looking around again. It's super dark. Um, you know, no moon. Just standing there. The wind is barely moving. I mean, you're getting a little bit of a breeze and the door slams shut. Oh. Okay, well, it's like maybe maybe just old house. Who knows? My house does that now. Uh, so... <laughs> maybe you need to move. <laughs> <laughs> Although you're putting all that work into it, I wouldn't move. <laughs> Never mind. Bad, bad call. <laughs> Maybe call a priest instead. <laughs> so, so used to our doors creaked so badly, like 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 horror movie, like whenever you opened any door in the house. And then one day I had like some WD forty, and I like squirted it in the hinges. But then the doors never stayed shut. Like all the closet doors would swing open because they had all been. So like I got in trouble for trying to maintain the house to stop everything from squeaking because uh, we suddenly realized how not perfectly level everything was. <laughs> She's listing. <laughs> ah, the joys of ownership of a home. Home ownership is a beautiful thing. But yes, okay. the door has closed behind you. Okay. Well, probably just go check. Uh, see if did it lock behind me. Am I locked out? No, but oh. but the knob is cold. Hmm. Like like is it like just abnormally like is it icy or? Yeah, like it almost burns your hand when you touch it. It has that sharp, cold sensation. Hmm. Almost like dry ice would feel. Oh. Whoa. Oh, damn. Oh. I'm, I'm going to kind of back up and, and, uh, and, and take stock, because that, that is definitely strange. And see if... Is there anything like in my, my occult knowledge that would do that, if there are wards or, or something that... Sure. We'd, we'd have that sort of familiarity. Yeah, give me a roll. Absolutely. I think that's a great call. No. 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 Not a doesn't, mean, doesn't mean you don't come up with a good an idea. It just may not be a great idea. Are there any other outbuildings here, like a barn or... Uh, an outhouse. Stables, just an outhouse? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Then, let me check the front door. Is the door cold? So you walk your way around the outside of the house... And sitting down real low and stands up as you approach is one of the aborigines. And he's, he just kind of looks at you. Doesn't say anything. He was in that squat sitting position they have where their knees don't hurt, but mine ache every time I see it. That, oh, really, yeah, yeah. Low, <laughs> that really low squat sitting. 
that other people around the world can do. And I just don't understand how my people can't. Um, he kind of just stands up. Oh, I am. I am probably going to yelp. Okay. <laughs> probably drop my teacup. Oh my God. You, 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 you startled me. Who are you? He reaches slowly into a pouch on his side and he unravels the top and shakes it and extends his hand to you. Doesn't say a word. Just looking at you. He's tall. I don't know how tall you are, but he's got to be close to six foot. Mm, okay. Um, I will, uh, I will, I will, I will try to like glance at it, but I don't want to get too, too close to this man who's lurking mm. in, the, in the shadows outside my house with its cold doors. And, um, to, to, to see if that explains who he is or why he is squatting out here or where the hell my host is. He takes his own thumb and wets it and places it into the thing and it comes out with a stain that has a very dark, dark red to it. And he kind of presents it to you again. Um, well, then my thumb, but it is like, is it like a powder in his hand or is it like... Yeah, it's a powder like, inside the bag. Okay. Then my thumb in it. Okay. Comes out the same bright color. He looks you straight in the eye, and he slowly extends his hand towards your forehead. Oh, I'm he... stepping back. Okay. Tell me who you are. You, he you wants, speak he, English. He... Speak into Deutsch. <laughs> I don't know how Deutsch. you speak. Like, is, is this... Anything? I don't know how you ask if you speak Latin. <laughs> He, uh, <laughs> that's, that's close. He, his arm, if you've ever seen like Stoker's Dracula, when the man, when the arm, the cab, you know, the carriage driver picks him up and brings Jonathan Harker back into the ca carriage, right? Mm -hmm. His hand almost feels like that. Is it, you take one step back and it's just, he wants to, seems like he wants to anoint you and he wants oh. you to stand there. Oh, oh God, no. <laughs> no 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 i am i am nope i i do not get i do not get baptized in the darkness of australia so no all right elroy and he holds his thumb out again towards you elroy do you know where elroy is get that thumb away from me Holds the patch, pack it out again. Elroy. Is Elroy in the bag? Do I have Elroy on my thumb? Brought here. Elroy. Yes, I was invited by Elroy. And he isn't here. And who are you? He takes it, puts it down on the ground. The bag? And starts to turn, yeah. And starts to turn and walk away to the darkness. I am not following him. <laughs> Are you sure, sir? I am. I am quite sure. <laughs> the team is uh, giving you a thumbs up for that one, by the way. <laughs> for those who how can't, am I, how am I feeling? Am I still feeling any sort of pressure? The pressure seems to have gone, um, but the encounter has probably left you a little. Like it seems like it's leaving you a little disturbed. It's oh, uh, yeah. yeah. 
He d- the bag is still there though, and your thumb is covered in this in this powdery I will, substance. I will sniff it. Smells very. Smells like ash, um, almost like organic material just burned down. Uh, well, that was interesting. I will probably on the the rail of the porch see if I could scrape my thumb off of this ash. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. And um, probably delicately take this bag and uh, bring that with me. Excellent. All right. I don't want to leave it out here all night. He might come back and get it. or I don't know what sort of Australian wildlife might eat it. I don't know. But for now, you have the bag. I have the bag of ashy stuff. Of ashy stuff. Uh, yes, you make your way to the front porch. You get up there. The handle is cold, not as cold as the one in the back. It is manageable to open. I, using my occult failed roll, mm-hmm. will knock and ask to enter to see if maybe that helps. Does you it? Knock and ask to enter. How do you phrase what you would say, if you wouldn't mind? Oh, uh, uh, I've got a knock and uh, say, uh, I, um, hello, um, P- Professor Albert Dun- 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 Danforth. Yes, that's my name. And uh, just, I, may I enter this house? It opens about three inches. Thank you. And I will, um, I, w- I will probably stand there for a bit because I'm proud that happened. And at the same time, that also just happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've got like, you know, a- Aborigines in the dark around me and I've got a haunted house in front of me and I dropped my tea. This is not really a good night for me. Um, and I will, uh, but I will like to at least go inside to get to where my, my things are to where like my pistol is because okay. there are, there are people that are creeping around. People that are like kind of at the edge of the hill or the the, the property, and they're like kind of out there. That's one thing. Creeping around the house and cold door handles and doors that open after you ask permission to enter is um, forty five time. Love that. It's forty five time. All right. Yeah, you make your way upstairs. You're able to get your gun. Pressure not nearly as bad. There, not as bad. And this is gonna. You know, the pressure is going to remain for the next several hours. If, I mean, you know, if is it your intention to try to stay up through this now, or what are you thinking? Well, I am going to uh, buy my time with, I'm going to take my dowsing rod out. Okay. And I have absolutely no psychic powers whatsoever, but I'm going to see if I could try to uh, find the source of whatever this is, what, what what was messing with the door, and 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 all of that is is see if I can use that to help figure out what all is right. going on here. Give me, yeah, go ahead and let's make another occult roll. I guess that probably makes the most sense for that. If you're going to try dowsing, have you not figured out by now? I don't roll well. Damn it. Well, that's okay. Uh, see. 
<laughs> Damn you, sir. Okay, well, I did I did really well that time. Hold on. Uh, did you get a hard success? Hard success. Nice. I was almost extreme, but just hard. All right, we'll take it. Hard is very good. Um, the dowsing rod leads you to a box uh, that's a little bit bigger than a shoebox, probably like an old a woman's hat box. And it's it just won't let go. It's rigid. I mean, it's it's... You know, it's gladiator firm, like pointing at this thing and trembling in your hands. And it's on top of just some bric-a-brac and odd things in the sitting room uh, in the front corner of the house. And it's just like trembling as it's pointing at it. Okay. I will, you know, put my dowsing rod away. And then with my pistol probably in my one hand, see if I can open this box. Sure. The box is, it just has a flip lid. I mean, it's not anything more than that. Um, you know, you can easily just, are you trying to flip it off with the, the front sight of the gun or are you just using your other hand to take it off? I'm, I was lifting it very slowly because uh, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe spiders will pour out. I don't, I don't know. So I'm not going to flip the lid off, but I am at least going to slowly look. Since the dowsing rod says there is something big here, but I don't know. You lift it very slowly, very, and you see at first what appears to be a chin and a mouth, a face looking back at you. At, what is it with heads and boxes? This, this <laughs> keep lifting, keep lifting. Oh well, if it's just a head, you so you take the lid off, and it's a death mask. It's a death mask of your. Give me your archaeology roll real quick, and that should give us the last roll for this part of the scene. Uh, see where you're at. Alrighty then. It is not a fumble. The ninety-five. Excellent. So I didn't fumble. Okay. But I didn't make it either. Gotcha. It's a death mask of someone of the Middle East. What period? What time? You're not sure. The the thing that gives it away, even with a bad roll, because you can't dial too deep in, is the added part of the beard. That very pharaonic looking extension to the chin you know they used to tie it around to make the the dressing the headdress of whoever um some of them especially the women had to wear the the one that was stitched up out of their heads but that piece is there with this death mask and it's it's created to it so it's definitely something egyptian or nubian or something in that era an area but any more than that you don't have for right now but man this the dowsing rod is just flip it out over this thing. Okay. I will pour some table salt in there. I'm just going with that. I screwed up a roll, so I don't expect any of this to work. <laughs> you mean on myself or around the, around the box? On the head, on the mask. On I, the I, mask. I, <laughs> Got it. And um, you know, possibly um, there was no barns out there, but I, I'm going to risk taking this to the outhouse. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to like just leave it there. I don't want it to be in this house. All right. That so you just remove I, it to the outhouse. If I feel that this is what's causing the issue, I am kicking out of the house. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Australia. The world is my outhouse, but so that, that can be the mass outhouse. All right. You take it outside. There's no effect immediate that you notice. Um, when you come back, the pressure hasn't dissipated greatly in one way or another or get more increased. Um, Should have used more salt. Yeah. <laughs> use more salt. 
<laughs> Absolutely. But in time, uh, you probably, unless you're telling me you're fighting to try to stay awake, uh, I'm going to say that you would grab a chair down to the lower level, or are you going back up to bed? What are you thinking? Um, I would I would probably like to probably put some chairs in front of the doors. Mm -hmm. And then also of that bedroom. Okay. Is it, in case you know, somebody comes in the middle of the night to baptize me again. And um, eventually get a, a, a restless sort of sleep. But I'll probably be really listening um, and probably very uncomfortable at either the silence or just the weird sounds of night. Gotcha. All right, gang. By about 11 a.m., you are, you know, you're, you're chugging up the river. And inside, uh, Albert, you can hear the, the chugging. Like you, you, the windows are cracked a little bit for air, and you're hearing the... And you recognize the sound of the same boat that was nice enough very early yesterday to bring you up river to this particular, to the lockhouse. So team, you arrive on the, on the dock and you make your way out and there's the house is, as you remember leaving it. Uh, what about two and a half weeks ago? In my wildest dreams, I did not imagine I would ever be back in this hellhole. Remind me why we did this again. Because Faye and I translated all of the artwork on the cave walls of that horrid monstrosity mountain, we realized we may need ley lines. Isn't that right, Faye? Unfortunately. The ritualistic writings clearly indicated that the ley lines of the world are, nice, are needed in order to possibly capture our dear, dear enemy. So, I figured... Because I did have the Locke brothers in my journals, and I have heard of them, and I required a meeting with them long ago, I figured in their archives they must have something pertaining to ley lines. What's a ley line? Think of the world... You know how on a map you have the equator and the line that goes down the middle that is escaping me? Longe Meridian? Uh, Meridian, yes. Meridian, so, yes. That's that Jesse out. in the boat. Meridian? <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. A man that knows his nautical navigation. <laughs> well, I also you know about ley lines, miss. We uh, have dowses out here in, in the outback, and sometimes we're able to use them to get a bead on water underground and do other things with them. Matter of fact, I knew a young woman, if she stepped across a lane line, her hair went all up like this, like she had some sort of crazy idea, and she started chasing men around. So it, exactly. it can, it can exactly. do it. A real ley doozy lines. to your woozy, you know what I mean? To the woozy, oh. right. Uh, doozy to your woozy, not my woozy, miss. I'm not that sensitive. As Noted. Jesse was so colorfully saying, ley lines are a superhighway of forces of nature, supernatural, and natural on our planet. Mm. So, accessing them will create a kinetic and frenetic energy to possibly become a weapon or a cage for you-know-who. That is what is needed according to the ritual translations. Right. And unfortunately, because I do not know how to access them, I was never studied or learned it. And Faye, dearest, is an archaeologist. She may be able to find them, but how to access them, that is the key. Right. One that I do not have. So, so this we're will back. Be interesting. So we're back at Creeps McGee's house to try to find information on how to access the woo woo latitude and longitude. Got it. Right. Indeed. Let's go. All right. Jack, so you are may... you all right? 
I'm fine. We'll just say that I'd, I'd rather not be here. It's something about pure hatred that wells up in me when I see the place and I think of the men that lived here. At least we'll try to be as quick as we can. If you would prefer to stay outside, I mean, we can provide a tent, mayhaps. Everybody make me a perception check. Come on, perception. Spot hidden would be good. Spot hidden, rather. Spot hidden. That's a Sorry. critical success. Aha. Mine's a hard success. Mm-hmm. Where is my dice roller? That's a hard miss. <laughs> That's a oh, bad miss. A Jack is just, t- his back is turned to the house. He's like completely ignoring No, Jack's actually it. looking right at the house. Oh, oh. I have a regular success with 36. So Ella and Jack are kind of staring at the, the facade of the building, the house itself. I'm comforting him. Right. And Faye, you and Catherine happen to be reaching and getting out the last of your luggage. Maybe even Jack's luggage, because he probably was going to let the women carry it. And then, um, <laughs> just and as you're doing that, you hear Jack make that statement again. Something about him being dead or killed. What did you say exactly, Jack? I said at least they're dead. And you see Jesse's face go. And he says nothing. He just looks at the two of you and... Um, I, too, am going to say nothing because I don't know how to address that right now. Alrighty. Am I close to Jesse? You didn't even see it. Uh, Keeper, I'd like to make a psychology. Mm-hmm. Jesse's from Darwin and the people of Darwin hated these brothers, right? They did. Man, I, I don't make it. I, I don't make the roll, but... Luck? How much luck do you need to burn? It... It's not worth it. Okay, fair enough. It's a large for... butt there. A large B-U-T. That being said, um, let me know if I'm allowed to do this. Like, screw the psychology of it. But it... we know that these guys were bad news bears in Darwin, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So without taking into account Jesse's reaction, except, wow, he heard that? Yeah. Those fucking guys, they were bad people. And we said we'd take care of it somehow. And they would see justice for what they did. And he turns and he looks at you and goes, yeah, miss. And I could have sworn it was mentioned several times that the local aborigines here said they're protected men and that they're really, really fond of them. It's, uh, It's a little disconcerting to me that... They are now expired, but whatever happened isn't my business, and I'm just going to take my boat, and he throws a couple of dollars back on the, on the, on the side of the shore and goes, and I'm going to head that way. Um, no, hey, no, no. Come on, Jesse. Don't be hasty. Hell, I mean, I... You're our only ride back. Not enough for me to be ups- have them upset with me, miss. You have to understand. The only reason the entire town of Darwin didn't come out here and string those fuckers up is because the Aborigines specifically said, don't harm them. Now, I'm a, I'm a man who believes that maybe an accident or two. God knows Australia's got a lot of poisonous stuff in it. But I find it hard to believe that both of them died in the last two weeks of natural causes. Well, I'd, so, I'd like to point out that, oh, <laughs> listen, if you'd ever spoken to them, you would have known that the one was missing for... Oh, God, what was it, guys? Months before, before we, we even showed even... up? We even showed up. 
Yeah, that right. wasn't he was us. Missing. He was missing. And then uh, the other one, God, I mean, that man, he just right walked outside, no idea, two left feet. Don't doubt you, don't think ill of you, just think it'd be better if I go. And I think it would be so great if you maybe came back tomorrow with your boat to come and pick us up for a hefty sum that I can give you. Sure thing, miss. Be here first thing in the morning. Great. Thank you. Jesse, because on the off chance that, you know, your wife gets sick and you get laid up, what are we supposed to do? Well, I believe if you pack a little tackle and a bit of water and you walk straight that way, and he points across the large expanse of nothing, he goes, the train tracks are about a week away. A week. Right. If you know, I mean, good time. You know, comfortable shoes and all. Jesse, I could have a wire in from New York in no time at all if you make your way back here tomorrow morning. I'm not sure you're going to be here, miss. Oh, I sure should think I will be. Guys, do we need to stay? <laughs> like... The quicker we find these books and this knowledge, the quicker that we may leave. Now, darlings, make haste. I'll give you two hours. Fuck, get in the house. <laughs> Working what? on it. Two hours? Put the luggage. They probably have an expensive collection. Yeah, well, you know grab what, everything and put it in the boat. Jack, put the luggage back in the boat. We will be an hour. Get in. So Jack starts putting the luggage in the back of the boat, wanders up to Jesse, pulls out a nice fatty bankroll and says, what would it take to put on an extra hour there, boy? How much do you think? And he just starts um, unfolding, unfolding pound notes, 20 pound notes. You look like a very proud man to me. One who could stand up to an Aborigine. Put him in his place. You know what I'm saying. Keep the local down. Make and he roll. just keeps unfolding bills. Yeah. Do you have intimidation? What do you have as far as fast talk, intimidation, Ooh. persuasion? What do you got? Mm -hmm. He's got like a 30 intimidate. So we'll give it a shot. So yeah, if you're using money, unless you're putting like a fist behind it, <laughs> intimidation is normally a little bit more than that. But we'll, we'll no. work it out. See what you get. No, he doesn't make, you know, I got a 60 Catherine? and I needed a 30. Catherine is helping Jack put the luggage in the in the boat, and she's looking at Jesse as Jack is unfolding bills. I did not travel two-thirds across the goddamn world to die in the Australian outback because somebody liked these bad people. They were not nice people, and you know what? I don't know what happened to them, and I don't care, but I am not dying today, Jesse. This is bad. This is bad news. Guys, get in the house! Working on it! All right, so the two of them go heading up for the front stairs. Inside, you hear all this commotion, sir, and you have, with the window cracked, you you know, you've heard the boat. I'm sure you saw part of this exchange. Uh, it's not far. From the dock to the house is only about 60 feet. So you even probably heard some of the yelling of, I'm not going to fucking die here today. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can unbuckle the door or you can choose to make a stand and to keep these crazy people out. Um, well, there's a sign of civilization. How did I sleep? Like, how am I feeling? Probably a little laggy, but you, like, you know, you're an experience. I mean, the traveling has been, been far rougher than it was last night. But you, okay. I mean, I wouldn't say you had great sleep. It was probably a little fitful, but 
you know, you made it through. Once you finally dozed off, you you, didn't, you weren't awoke, awakened through the night. Um, I'm at least going to watch them for a bit to see, try to gauge what sort of people I'm looking at. Um, mm-hmm. And, but if nothing else, I will probably come out to to you know, see who they are, see where Elroy is. I. Yeah, I, 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 I'm probably very relieved to see someone, especially someone who's not trying to anoint me in the darkness of of the outback. <laughs> yes, like you do. Well, it's it it happens uh, from time to time. Uh, yes. So if you're going to remove the chair from the front door, then yeah, you you would in in time you see. So, Faye, Ella, you want to describe yourselves real quick? Uh, you, we already know the characters, kind of what they can do, but why don't you describe them real quick for uh, Seth's character to see? Sure. So you see this very petite, uh, young, blonde woman. She looks like she's probably in about maybe her mid to late 20s. Um, her hair is kind of, like, tied back, very mess. It's, like, very messy. She's wearing, like... Her tr- she's wearing trousers and like a button down top. She's dressed very much like an archaeologist. And she's kind of just heading up to the house in sort of this huff. Um, just kind of like, you know, muttering to herself as she's like looking down and she's looking all around like she's just kind of taking everything in. Just heading up towards the house. And then next to me is... Ella is... Her hair's longer than it was at the beginning of the adventure, but she looks like she's stuck in the 20s. She has, like, wearing very tight-fitting clothes, probably, like, a pencil skirt down to her knees. Possibly a one-inch or two-inch pump if she could get her hands on one, because she likes looking snazzy no matter what situation she's in. Very outback um, practical. She's not practical woman. But if you look her in... If you see her eyes, she's manic, and she's whispering to her companion until she notices the door opening, like, grips Faye's arm and goes, Are you seeing him? Or is that a spirit? No, honey, that looks like a real person, at least as far as I can tell. Oh, good. Greetings! Hello. Hello. Is, uh, anyone, anyone know what Locke is? Well, the, well, um, we're not luck, obviously, but uh, are you perhaps Al? Ella starts walking towards him very, very swiftly, holding out her hand. Oh, oh, well, um, uh, yes, uh, oh, oh, Professor Albert Danforth. Um, yes, uh, uh, Dr. Albert Danforth. Is it Professor or Doctor? I, I well, don't want uh, to be rude. But, uh, Professor, but um, my letters is doctor. Ooh. Well then, doctor. I'm a doctor of letters. <laughs> <laughs> well then, doctor professor, <laughs> I am Ella. This is Faye. Um, are you perhaps the caretaker of this house now? Because we need to get inside. Ella, it. Ella, Ella Walcott. That's strange. I, I, I did not mention my last name. How, 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 how'd you come by that? Well, it was in a letter that I received. It invited me here months ago. And um, it mentioned you. 
Oh. A letter from the locks? Elroy. Ah. Interesting. And, uh, um, and I arrived. Uh, there was no one here. Um, it's because uh, they're dead, a, a, a native tried to <laughs> baptize me. Jesse! <laughs> Uh, do not go to the outhouse. There is a haunted mask in the outhouse. And I I'm not surprising. And don't, don't, you don't want the bread. No bread. Uh, we're only here no for bread. apparently a few hours. So really, if we could just um, go inside. We promise we will not take anything we're not supposed to. <laughs> hey! You put whatever you need or think you need or may need or anything in that goddamn boat. Your time is ticking. Stranger here. What? You want to be kind. What? Catherine finally turns and notices that there's another human being. Oh my god. Who is that? Hush, honey, please. We're we're trying to have a conversation. Jack, there's a person. In the house. Yeah, they're talking to someone on the porch. I did mention Not that I brought lock. someone down here a few days ago. Yes, yes, I did. Oh. <laughs> Jesse, you know what? We completely forgot that with the whole like you threatening to leave us behind thing. Oh, it's so... not a fucking threat. I'm out of here as soon as the timer runs out, miss. Oh, I'm not my... joking around. <laughs> Good God, everybody. <laughs> Professor, doctor, Professor, doctor. Um, can we just please do what we came here to do and then mosey on out of here and you can wait for your friends as you will i was i was uh, told to, to meet with you oh Faye, darling could help me out here what do i say um, to him um professor or um albert can i call you albert professor just sounds a little formal that's fine that's it. So many accents come back. Yeah, you infected me. <laughs> you can call me, sir. <laughs> so, Albert, let me get this straight. So, you have a letter from Elroy Locke. Yeah. Saying that you were to meet here and you were to I, meet. There was, some, there was something with, with, with uh, ley lines that uh, I was. <gasps> and Grabs his shoulders. Was, I, you I know was, about was, this. Christ Almighty! I'm trying to. I I, I kind of take hush, dry hush, no, Ella's no. hands you, off. You know, you're the you're the key. Oh, this is my fantastic, Catherine. Oh, so bring him in the boat. Um, she recently just um had a, a a bout of um illness. Um, never quite recovered. Honestly, she's never really been quite right. Anyway, I can hear can... you. Oh, I'm aware. What do you want from me? We're we're bringing the guy. No, what we're going to do is we're all going to go inside and visit for a moment so that we can all get on the same page. Makes sense. Yeah? Yeah, I bet it does. All right, everyone inside. We're going to meet in the parlor. We're not going to eat bread together. Um, I hope nobody had to relieve themselves because apparently you said there's a haunted mask in the outhouse? Uh, Yes, yes. And it was was a presence in this house and... uh... I was able to locate it hat box and there is a, a, a death mask. I've, I've, I've poured salt around it and I had nowhere to put it, but I wasn't going to stay in the house with it. So it's, it's in the outhouse. Don't go in there. Got it. So knowing, well. knowing that, um, the locks mother passed away because, mm. um, 
Catherine spilled her ashes all over this house the last time that we were here. Um, she spilled to. them or she smashed them? Let's just make it... Okay. I was going to be more I, gentle. I didn't okay. do what... No, you Keeper, to be fair, if I'd known it was a woman's urn, I wouldn't have smashed it. Hmm. A man's urn, yes. No. Well, I think that was related to the bad roll. I think that's why it ended up being that. Right. There was oh, a roll. right. Oh, God. It, it wasn't that you well, chose that. It was that the roll was so bad that it was. I said I smashed a, an object and it became an urn. Yeah, yeah it was. Could fail. It was okay, not a good. So everyone wants to make their way inside. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, Professor, do you feel comfortable letting these strangers who uh, seem to be a little bit chaotic in their approach uh, up into the into the domicile that you're using right now? Well, the, the 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 letter specifically talks about Ella. So, as as far as I can tell, I'm supposed to meet her. There you and, go. And I have, I'm I'm really freaked out. Uh, so I'm I'm really happy to have someone that I'm supposed to meet. So yeah, sure. Yes, we'll Professor Doctor, you and I can become fast friends. I, I just wanted to ask um, Albert first. Um, because I had said the thing about the urn because knowing the haunted presence and then the death mask, I just wanted to ask, so do you remember what the death mask exactly looked like? Like any details? Like, did it look feminine? It was, it was a, a, a male. Like I had a beard. It was like kind of a Middle Eastern look. And, oh, in the middle of the night, there was a uh, an aborigine stepped out of the darkness and tried to me with a bag of I think ash or, or, or something and I wouldn't let him so Smart probably for the best I, I don't you're not near I don't us. really know what's going on um, around here and it's kind of an uncountable place but fascinating there are some amazing things there is um, a very impressive Chinese knockoff of a uh, um, uh, the, the, the Egyptian urns, canopic jars. Yes. Old. Mm, yes. Amazing. I'm Amazing. very intrigued about that mask that's currently in the outhouse. I definitely want to look at that before we leave. All right. Jack? Um, Jack is not really willing to leave the boat. I think if we leave the boat, he may not even make it the time that he said he'd be there. So yeah. uh, Jack sits down in the boat across from him and I pass him I pass him the booze as he takes the yeah. booze I, I pull the gun out smoothly and say there's been a change of plan old chap I believe it'd be best if you went inside with us I think you'd be safer there and I think we yeah. would be as well if you could yeah, just make your way up the dock that's the third time this month right let's just uh, get this over with please <laughs> do do enjoy the alcohol nope well uh I'll sit supping on this like it's uh it was me mother and uh, we can just uh, we can just make our way into the the little hut there while you conduct your business, and then we'll be on our way. I won't even, you know what? Not even kind of think about the fact that you're holding the gun. Wonderful, sounds fantastic. Just this way, please. Everybody makes their way inside. All right. So you're inside the house, uh, gang. You heard earlier spooky things all over the place. We you've already been here once before. Uh, it's not like you haven't seen the, what's the inside of the lock house looks like. Everybody can sort of make their way either to the dining room area, the sitting room, the, the, the uh, there's like a settee off to the one side. Wherever you want to sit, you, you can park yourselves there and then ex hopefully be able to come up with how 
Albert Danforth has arrived here and why, and, and, you know, maybe find the connection, obviously that Elroy Locke had predicted or somehow foreseen, you know, needing his services. So professor doctor, you mentioned that there was a letter written. Tell me Albert. Oh, oh, Albert. Yes. Sorry. I, I, I was, I was confused by the titles. Um, can I see this letter about meeting me? Because I was unaware that the Lock Brothers even knew of my existence until recently. Oh, Professor, make a psychology roll, please. No. I like this guy. He rolls just like me. <laughs> Crappy. Oh, man. So... Yes, she's t- she appears to be telling you the truth, Professor. The locks have never had any knew, knew anything about Anella Walcott. Uh, to her, she didn't. She was unaware of that. That's a lie, Colonel. But go ahead. Hush you. <laughs> uh, well, I can I can show the letter. So you take it out of your suitcase, Doctor Professor Albert. Uh, well, actually, I imagine that I have probably reread it since I have been here. Uh, okay. So it's probably not even in my suitcase. Uh, what all I was I was supposed to be doing and, and and everything, so I probably have that, you know, on me. So I probably pull it out of like my my, my shirt pocket or something and, and hand that all over. Right. I will do it in Elroy's voice, so I will save anybody else from reading it. It only oh, takes delicious. Well, you like Elroy's voice, don't you? Give me that sauce. You've said he's one of your favorite NPC voices, so I don't want. Oh to hear yeah, it. I had a listener tell me they absolutely love the locks. Yeah, I like Edgar's voice. Danforth. My brother and I are in need of your expertise and skills. So much so, in fact, that we are willing to pay for all of your expenses you incur uh, in traveling to talk to us and taking part in the events that were foretold by Madame Blavatsky nearly 65 years ago. Um. Uh, yeah. Yes, Albert, uh, we, we are aware of the fact that you are a member of the Thesopical Society, and we will, if necessary, use our brass coin, but that is only the recourse if we can't draw you here to Australia on our own. We hope, though, as you read further, that you will see that both the time is right and our cause is just. Through through my gift of remote viewing, I have been keeping an eye out for the key. Uh, yes, uh, the key that we all thought had been lost by Rose Kelly had actually been hidden away from the old Magi himself these last 20 years. Now, it just so happens that about 14 months ago, a cadre of friends came upon the key, but at the cost of our dear Reese. I still miss him, as I am sure many in the League do. Well, this group quickly became embroiled in the intrigue, and in almost no time at all, thanks to their skill sets, uh, they found the first item of power, uh, a cloth soaked by the blood of a martyr in Berlin of all places. Hmm. But this action awoke the Thule Society. Albert, in good conscience, I must warn you that Mueller is aware and moving towards the same goal as Crowley and his lackey, the Portuguese poet Pessoa. Well, at least one of him is. As my brother uh, always used to say, it's never a good idea to split oneself into too many bits, as you never know how the rest of them will behave. And when we last heard of it, Mueller was at least in fifths. But but I digress. The, the team has now been busy collecting other objects that were listed in her dream. And as I write this letter to you, they have four of the six and will be heading towards us here very soon. If I have calculated it correctly, they will be arriving at about the same time as the cosmic alignment with the dark void star Thalil. Uh, 
Yes, this will most likely result in them having a rough time of it, should they attempt to come by boat, but I can only hope that they are able to do so before the belt of black matter dips in towards us. I'll keep a watch out for them, of course, the best I can. If they arrive and are able to translate the paintings in Aya's rock, uh, whose meaning has eluded my brother these last three years, then they will need a guide in dealing with the opening of the ley lines and preparing the, the way. Albert Shokoto cannot be undone. We all know this. But the prison that has held her has weakened over the eons, and we need to open the door. Redo the wards and lock it again. Well, humanity needs you to reopen the door. Uh, they, they need to ward the chamber, and Sydney will need to relock it. Uh, uh, we are very aware of Sidney Poulter and his identity, uh, since the Delvers have twice already tried to contact him since his first meeting in the Somme. But the protection spells appear to be holding. If I have to guess, we have Professor Schooley to thank for all that. Uh, at present, he is searching for an elder sign. <laughs> Poor chap. Chances of success, as we all know, is very small. But I dare say he's very, very committed to trying. It was a shame if we lose him, though, before the elders had a chance to recruit him. I know Rup Kund was a real stain on his chances for joining us. But the lad does have talent. Speaking of talent, Ellen Walcott is still romping around. You might have heard of the Gertrude Dobbs and the incident on the island a few years back. Well, that was Ella. She's a powerful clairvoyant and very sensitive to the enemies we will face. On a brighter note, Dawson is dead. That at least slowed Caravaggio and Crowley's Golden Dawn down a little. He paid the ultimate price for his choices, and in the end, I fear we might all be forced to pay that same price. So, Albert, as you can see, things are progressing rapidly, and we can no longer bury our heads in the sand or squabble over whose esoteric order is right and whose is wrong. Elroy still thinks that if we fail, uh, that if we fail, we should notify the authorities, but the elders of our foundation seem to prepare to let this group carry it on to the end. And in the end, they will need you. Can we count on you, Albert? Will you come? The gate must be reset, and I can think of no other that can make this so. The oldest standing stones are here. The needles to the sky sit at Mulimbimbi. I await your arrival. Lock, 13th Tia Sion of Save. So, the mania washes off, and Ella just smirks a little bit. So you know what we are doing. I am... Um... I have a good idea. I, I feel that I'm I'm a little inexperienced in exactly what is going on. Right. Um, to, to be fair, we're kind of also just going with this as it goes, so... You're thesophical. Did I say that right? She, she, she whispers that to Faye. Did I say that right? You did. Thank you. Um, the prophecy. The items. We are trying to gather them before the adversary, in this case, a rotten German clone man named Mueller, and, you know, the people he works for. We're trying to gather these items before him in order to use them, hopefully properly, eh, to stop the end of the world but apparently to do that we need to activate the magical woo-woo longitude right yes the magical woo-woo longitude and latitude of the world the ley lines and 
we came back here frantically trying to search for information about them because that is none of the areas of expertise of any of the members of our of our group. Perhaps that, that, that is destiny my brought us here. Expertise. Oh my god. I'm beginning That's to what think I was by this. To say. I'm beginning to think by this letter maybe um we misjudged the locks poorly. Jack, you where, feel you feel your something wet in your hand. What? Jack feels something a little wet in his hand. Oh God! What? He looks down. Looks down at his hand. Jesse's clutching your palm. He's very upset. <laughs> Jesse's just got his hands trying to interlock with yours. He's afraid. He doesn't like anything he heard. Steady on, old chap. Please, no hand holding. Thank you. Hand right. in, hang in there, buddy. I'll Dan hold forth, his I'm hand. sorry. You you were going to say? Oh no, I was, was going to say it was, it was here. Ley lines are my specialty. I think of them don't is not longitude latitude. Think of them as kind of the cracks in the universe, and you can peek to the other side. How did you come right. by this knowledge, if I may ask? Well, um, I have a lot of a lot of experience, a lot of you know, the university, different different digs, digs histories, yes. I'm, an, I'm, I'm, uh, technically, I'm a professor of uh, archaeology. So is my father. I'm an archaeologist myself. Wonderful. Actually, Keeper, can I make, what kind of role would I make to see if he knows my uncle? Because he's British and he's a professor of archaeology. Oh, Jesus, God in heaven. Um, that would be not a role. That would maybe be a question. Yeah, that would yeah. just because be. There's no way you can tell if he knows someone. Yeah. Yeah, no, Dan. Danforth has heard of the uh, British Museum of, of Natural History, and your uncle is the curator of the Egyptian of the Egyptology section, so he would definitely know who um, Banks is. Right. Um, Aloysius Banks. So upon hearing um, that your professor of archaeology, Albert, Catherine mentions, she name drops um, her uncle, who is the wildly eccentric um, curator of the British Museum, you know, short, chubby, rather, like I just said, eccentric British man. He collects taxidermy penguins, is just a riot at a party. So, you may so know him. makes that connection, yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy, so, you know. And he obviously knows my, because my father was listed in that, uh... Well, let's put it this way. You Did everyone introduce themselves yet to this gentleman? Well, Jack and I, I don't think we did. Right, but Ella Ella Walcott and Faye, you used your last name, right? No, oh. Ella just oh. said my first name. Okay. All right, so then there's no connection to that yet. Cool. Because in the letter, Dawson is dead. Yeah. That would be no. your father. Yeah, all I yeah. say, though, is that my father was also a professor of archaeology, um, and then I'm an archaeologist myself. Hmm. So we have we have that in common. Okay. Awesome. Jack, how are you taking all this in? Uh, he's sort of watching the conversations back and forth. He's very closely watching um, the look on Danforth's face as, as the letter is read out to see what his mindset seems to be about this. You know, that, that moment when, like, you know, do I join this cadre of crazies to find the answer here? Or does he back away quietly into a corner and say, that's not me? 
He's <laughs> he's sort of doing the read, you know. He's yeah. in that part. All right. And Danforth, what do you what do you think you're projecting right now? If if someone was trying to read your character, what would they be seeing? Um, he's actually he's actually fairly excited. His 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 point of view is he was he was sent down here as I am. My expertise is what is needed to 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 do the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are the the letter mentions. You know they're, they're running around. It's one of them by name. There is no one here in this weird, creepy place. So as as far as he's concerned, he is supposed to meet them here. So uh, he's he's actually kind of relieved because he's been alone here uh, for what, what, a full day now. Almost yeah, almost a day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he, so he's kind of like, oh well, I can get to work. And I can maybe leave this place <laughs> by the only boat that I've seen on the river. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Being dropped off like that has got to be, you know, at first you're like, oh, I'm going to go see my friends or people that summon me and we'll have meetings and we'll talk about, and then they're not there. That's for that long of a period of time. It would be jarring. Sure. Okay. So we, we believe this gentleman is telling us that he is a specialist in ley lines that uh, Edgar was the one or Elroy had sent a missive out predicting that they would, that you would all need him, that he needed to be here when the alignment happened, right? The alignment with the dark star of the Leal. Um, all these things that have happened to you on these, these travels of yours for the last, you know, 18 months have led to this moment where these Two mages of the, uh, or farseers, you know, whatever they, they they turned out to be, were able to predict that you would have arrived at this point in time, succeed, hopefully, and need this gentleman to be here. Call it kismet, call it fate, whatever, but the team can clearly see that, you know, this has all been put in motion the prophecy is more real probably in your minds than ever before. Catherine, make a sanity check for me. Because of everybody, you're the one who probably has the hardest time accepting the prophecy. Oh, hell no. Nah. All right. Yeah. Um, so. It's not a big hit. Just take two points. Okay. Gorge. It's just another. It's just another moment of, you know... All this stuff, it just keeps adding up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, it, I would say that, I don't, you tell me how your character's responding to this or feeling, but yeah. what started out as random, what appeared to be a random series of events has now coalesced, right, into mm-hmm. destiny, manifest almost destiny, right? Like, we mm-hmm. all were supposed to be here now. Is that helping or is that making it hard? Is that harder or or is it making it easier? Faye? How does your character feel about it? Does she feel safer knowing that Danforth was bent to be here or came to protect and help at this exact time? Or is this like, so my father was dead no matter what I did. You know, my my, my stepsister was, this was ordained before my parents even made that, that stupid pact and did the things that they did. Faye has kind of, part of her journey is that she's really come to terms with like what's happened. And, you know, it's, all of that's happened like she's had this time and you know the the pain of like losing her family will never go away but just knowing it's you know she's in this journey she's gonna see it through 
So I think she finds like maybe a little bit of comfort in knowing that like she really didn't have any control over it. It was always going to happen. It wasn't her fault. Oh, okay. So for her, it's less guilt, less pain. Yeah, it's because I think that that's the. Yeah, she's like you know, this was always going to happen. So she is a little bit on the you know it's like Dawson's dead and she's just kind of like ooh. Yeah, sure. How about Ella? Kayla, how does Ella feel about the fact that the situation on the island, the things that happened with with Professor John Schooley, the the fact that you had been cap you know captured and held thirteen days under Uluru in in a cavern, subterranean cavern, because of a a time glitch? How do you feel about all that? Does it make Ella feel stronger about what's going on, or does it shake the fact that she would never really had any control? She's been saying probably since the beginning that she was always supposed to be here because of the fact that John's presence in her hunt for Mueller and the Thule Society brought her onto this mission and it's like, yes, this was fate. Granted, she's not gonna say that every single part of it was great. It was always testing and trying and harsh, but she's like, no. This is what has to happen. And she wants to get down straight to business with this guy because it's like, okay, whatever the Locke brothers saw that I couldn't eat, I could not, I can't see the future. I'm just going to run with it because clearly I have an expert here that I can learn from and we need. There's no way that I can just pass this up. Okay. Jack, what about you? The Teketu, the losing of, uh, you know, with the situation with your mother and your father when uh, your father turned on her and. The, the whole situation in, in Kubawazi with losing um, Kakayangu the way you did and, and, and his brother, now knowing that it's all been foretold, better or worse? I think better. I mean, I think he crossed the divide on the ship when he linked to Faye and realized that they had both separate but the same visions. They were both here. And I think he's – this is more just – this is more, I guess um, – clarification for him that this is meant to be that he was born for uh born for this purpose regardless of what he's thought up into this moment that this is this is what it is and he he's starting to think that perhaps he shouldn't have killed edgar Locke, but he's not going to admit that right and finally we come to the the team's the team mom the team's uh caretaker the you know catherine this is as yeah. a revelation goes it means that every person you saved during World War One on, on the table, every person that died, everything that happened to this point was non-negotiable. You made no choices of your own other than those that would lead you to this place. Does that shake what little faith you have or does it confirm the fact that this is where you need to be? So... I wrote some notes, um, I was thinking through it, and I'll try and kind of sift through them as best I can, um, for the sake of the listener. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine carries around a lot of guilt, and she finds it hard to, in the words of Dr. Kamalo, to forgive other people. And one of those people is herself. So, she's had this feeling that I'm not a hero. I'm a normal person. Why am I here? Like this, this shouldn't be happening to me. So there is a part of her that's like, 
that's always felt is this punishment. What did I do? What did I do? Why can't I just be happy? Why can't I have normal? Mm -hmm. And if this is preordained, if this is predestined, then why? Why me? It's not fair. And there's nothing I can do about it. And she's the all the fighting, all the resistance, all the trying to hold everybody back to try and keep them safe, all of this energy, it's been for nothing. It's been wasted. She's been wrong this whole time. So what does that do to her? She's like a balloon that you just let all the air out. She's deflated. Yeah, it's... Even the, because a couple of sessions ago, a couple of episodes pre-battle, she'd kind of rallied, like, you know, with with Ella um, getting her back and like, no, I'm here. I'm going to stick it out. You know, I, I may hate this, but, you know, we have to try. We have to be good. But losing Vodum, losing so many people. Mm-hmm. And just the lack of, you know, honest to God, it's like, what did I fucking do to deserve this? All I've ever wanted is to just try and be happy and have a normal, simple life. And none of it matters. She's completely deflated. Okay. All right. Are you, tr- so is just real quick before I, we go back into the, yeah. the whole scene, does anybody here questioning Professor Danforth? Is anybody thinking, wow, this is all just way too convenient? Leyline guy? Or is everyone just going, oh, hell yeah. Leyline guy. Just asking. It. I will say, if if Kat didn't have just a massive punch to the, you know. Thorax. The, the meat of her human being, you know. <laughs> like My meat sack of a human body. <laughs> if she didn't just have, like, if she wasn't just racked. It's like, yeah, who the fuck is this guy? This is convenient. Hmm. <laughs> like, but okay. But you're our, okay with it because our, you just our have names no will to are, Our names are on pieces of paper. Maybe we shouldn't. And I, by we, I mean, hey, we were really brutal and mean to the Locke brothers. And maybe they were just trying to help the whole time. And Catherine, and by extent, the rest of the group was just afraid of the strange and the unexplainable and we were wrong. She has been wrong this whole time. All of that energy for nothing. Yeah. Okay. Ella, you wanted to say something real quick? Ella would kind of jump in with the translations, probably snatch him out of Faye's bag or her own, whichever one was holding them and go, prove to me, you know what this is. We have translated this from the rock, Azrock, or Iluru, as the natives call it, and we need to be able to find this fifth item of power in order to entrap Shakotal, as the letter suggested. If you are a leyline specialist, you'll know where they are and how we can retrieve it, as well as possibly trapping the beast. Okay, well, um... Do you want to me to just translate it? It's already translated, sir. 
You need to find it and how we can access it, because my expertise is in that which is in the past, not which is powerful, magical, and supernatural. My gifts are not for that. Yours, however, if you have a connection to them and you can... I'm not entirely sure if you even have magical connections. It's more of a theory of mine. But the point is, read those, prove that you have the knowledge, and we would be more than happy to look after you and protect you while you help us on our quest, because this is very important. It's end of the world important. All right. Um, so what do I need to do? So you're going to be easily able to deduce that a lot of what they were able to translate from these pieces of art. The idea is you're going to, your character, what he really needs to do is be able to identify the crown stone and the stand and the century stones so yes, that you four, know four which centuries. direction. Yeah. The four centuries so that you can set up the alignment, right? They got in their, in their thing. They know it's in Australia and Locke even said, I think it's at Mullumbibi. It's the oldest standing stones we know, but they would have never been able to even enact the ritual without being ley line sensitive and knowing where the crown stone is, which you know how to find because you have a dowsing rod and you have a skill. So if you want to just explain that to them, that's more than enough what they need. Well, it's, it's rather simple. And I then go first to explaining all of that. Okay. Yeah, he tells you about the Which, what a crown stone is, that it always points towards this void star of Thaleel. Uh, you know, people think they're aligned with the sunrise and this and that. It's not entirely true. Back way past the sun, there is a black, just vicious, malignant void of space. And that is Thaleel, and it sits out there in this whole bit. And he explains to you that the ritual will go on to include the four century stones. It'll take you know the five of us to do. Thank God we have five people. And I need a lamb. Yeah, I need a lamb. <laughs> right. Some we can get a lamb. Oh, yeah, I, I, I just thought there would be one here. There's no lambs. Don't name it. <laughs> that's a great way to say it to a team we need a lamb and don't name it <laughs> don't get too attached we can get you a lamb we can get you a lamb with nail polish on it by four o'clock <laughs> i could have an i could have a lamb here by two o'clock amateurs For, okay. <laughs> how freshly born do you need it the peak of adorable <laughs> that's the, that's the prime mention. sacrificing time <laughs> the at the peak of adorable <laughs> that was brilliant there's a, there's a curve before it becomes like an adult you know? it still has that really soft soft like well, the downiest point of its oh, life adorable and those big and innocent eyes haven't begun to harden that's it that's what, when it looks just like a hopper seal that's <laughs> what I would you want to just weep when you look at it? Because that cute. That's what I need. At the mention of the lamb, Catherine gets up and just like, uh, she just makes like a noise and just like walks out of the room enough to. Catherine, like, as you start walking, you hear, "Take me with you, Miss." <laughs> like, you just Jesse is just still not okay with any of this whole thing. Has gone from bad to shit. It's like. <laughs> Jack's got a gun on him. He's heard about the end of the world type shit. He knows there's prophecies. He just he just Kat, wants to get to his boat. Cat <laughs> gently takes Jesse by the hand, and if he's sitting down, she lifts him up, puts her arm around him, and they go into the kitchen to, you know, make a pot of coffee or some tea or enough, something. Miss. What? It's not far enough, miss. I've been saying that since day one, my dearest <laughs> friend. <laughs> you and me, Jesse. You and me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do have, so we know about the lamb. Seriously, the bread is spoiled. 
You do not want to open the bread box. There's just a scream. I've I've been. You know bored. someone, Seth. You know for a fact if you say don't look in the bread box. Oh, someone's going. To oh open no, I think that will actually kill Jesse. No, and we need somebody to take us back. So you if can operate Je- a boat. Okay, if the magic man tells me not to look in the bread box, I'm not gonna look in the bread box. Is- I am. This not- is Catherine. Cat would survive a horror movie. She would. Actually, right. Faye fun- would not. Two, two second Magic. fun fact, um, dear listeners. If you're a Call of Cthulhu role player and you're watching a horror movie and you're really scared, my trick to getting through them is what would my Call of Cthulhu investigator do? Catherine, she'd live every time. Nothing scares me anymore. Catherine would just leave. Yeah, exactly. A- I'd live. <laughs> so, I, sorry. I don't mean to break okay. the tension, but no. I thought that was, you know. Many tips years from ago, Lauren. I was. Many years ago, I went to a horror movie with actually I'm not even sure Joel may have been there with a man with a guy by the name of Dan Pavick, and all he screamed out was, "Be careful, the cameraman's chasing you." And from that point on, I've never been able to enjoy a good sla- a good horror movie ever. It's like, <laughs> look out, the cameraman's got he's coming after you. We're like, "Thanks, Dan, that just killed it." So, all right. So before we wrap this up, I, it seems that uh, for both Faye and Ella, uh, the rest of the team aren't quite as magically inclined. The answer and the ex- explanation of the art that he has looked at. Um, definitely ex- also points to Mullumbibi. It points to the fact that, you know, the ritual makes sense, like pointing to something far out in the void, this this chamber, Awas, the gatekeeper, his name has been used, right? You know that that's out there. That's fuck probably... That I, I know, fuck that guy. Uh, that's probably the, <laughs> the whole person or the, 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 the spirit that Aleister Crowley wrote about in the Book of Law that he, you know, that he and Rose Kelly kind of heard and they're on their honeymoon that he was giving them secrets awas is the guardian and the gate so all this starts to line up and the two of you are very satisfied that dr danforth has got it right so is there anything tonight that we want to look at before we close out and get you guys back on the boat with jesse to darwin and on your way to mullen bb i want to look at that creepy mask that's in the toilet of course you do and if 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 we're like Looting, if I figure out the looting, I would like to slip uh, the canopic jar into my stuff. Just of course, personal note like, yeah, perfect. Takes the canopic jar. I'd like to chain, I'd like to chain smoke a pack of cigarettes and stand on the porch looking forlornly out into the. Are you, are you putting them out on Jesse's arm like you normally would an NPC? Oh, good god, no, we're sharing them (laughs) and weeping together softly. I thought it was one of these. Softly. Seth, I, I, like think, I think everybody has painted me rather poorly. Oh, I don't. I, oh, come on. No. No, I no, think, no, no. I'm a gem. It's a clear picture. <laughs> Honestly, this is the most I've ever liked, Catherine. <laughs> oh, In what? 138 hours. Broken. Well, hold on. Because <laughs> she's finally broken enough to agree to your woo-woo shit? She's too worn yes. out. Yes, yeah, she can't green. fight anymore. Ella's wow. dream. <laughs> Wow. All right. I'm a broken no. racehorse. Let's just go. Okay, <laughs> Okay, Faye, you're you make your way out to the is anybody going with our st- our you know stout adventurer out to the uh out to the back outhouse to check out the To the haunted toilet? No. <laughs> well, Here, I, I'll um let me paint this going. for you guys and see if you follow. So uh Faye slaps her hands on her knees and she gets up and she's like, Well, I'm going to go take a look at that creepy mask that's in the outhouse. 
anybody wants to join me, you're cool too. If not, I'll meet you at the boat in like five minutes. One, one, one thing, real fast. Um, when, when the weird stuff was going on, the uh, the Aborigine tried to um, uh, I don't know, like like Ash Wednesday me uh, left this back. Oh. Anybody know what this is? Um, I have searched my extensive cult knowledge <laughs> and come up with nothing. May okay. I have a look at it? Cool. With my cult knowledge? Yes, yep. yes. She is named in the letter. Here you go. <laughs> Thank you. All you right. guys have fun with that. I'm going to the toilet. Fa- can I go? Can I honestly, go with you? Take a Ella? buddy. You'll Ella, find right Faye, here. darling. If, if, you are if, you followed by want, darkness. You really want to go towards death. You might want to knock and ask if it's okay to come inside. Oh. That's that's how I got back in the house. All right, great point. Thank you. You. Follow, you are followed by darkness. Remember the vision. Oh, God damn. All right, fine. I'll wait for a buddy. Let's look at this weird powder. I'll look with you. I got Will a that 20. A cult is 55. That's a hard success. You know. Never mind. <clears throat> it, women you? all going to the bathroom together is not a trope. <laughs> No, no, it is not. Your arm locked sideways. <laughs> <laughs> just off screen. <laughs> Seth, it's these like women... a flamingo pack, all right? We need to go together. We're going to the bathroom. These women would not go to the restroom together in game. No, these characters would not. Absolutely. In life? Oh my god, yes. Fun fact, Seth. Kayla's my sister. Mella's been my best friend of almost 20 years. Right. Yep. So... All right, Ella, you look in. You got a that was a hard success for you. You said hard success. All right, the it is as far as you can tell, it is dirt and ash, and you're not sure exactly what the Aborigine was trying to do. Um, Professor, make a make a. Um, education is to know. Idea is intel. So why don't you go ahead and give me an intel roll, please? Regular success. He also says to you, Ella, oh, and he kept saying Elroy as he had his thumb in my face. Yes, I, th- I thought he was saying that he was Elroy or Elroy was the ash. I don't know. It was dark. I dropped my tea. The handle was cold and he was literally hiding in the shadows trying to baptize me. The timing, Ella, that was seems- that was my first night. That was fucking right. weird, man. It seems a little bit difficult to think that the Aborigines could have retrieved Elroy um, and done that, but it's possible. I mean, if they came here pretty quickly, it could have been done. Do they have burning in their burial rites that I know of? Doesn't mean that the locks didn't ask them to do it in case. That's true. I mean, Edgar's is... under a luru. Elroy was shot. They could have picked him up. I'm not putting the powder on you, Faye. <laughs> There's only one way to find out what it's going to do. You are not the sacrificial lamb. We have to pick that up. Yeah, please. Well, how, how remember, we have another archaeologist now. <laughs> 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 no! we, only have, we only have one Faye Dawson. 
<laughs> but we do. I mean, <laughs> Look, hey, darling, I think like... before acting. Think before acting. Just this once, please. Just this once. Maybe no. Ella, I am. Th- I am thinking. Faye Elizabeth Dawson, if you smear that ash upon your mush, I will. I, I don't know. I'll beat you senseless. No. You know what? I think that this is great character development for me because I didn't dip my thumb in the ash like a toddler and smear it on my own forehead. I asked first. Wow, you're learning manners. I love that Ella for you. D- Ella Don't has already chain smoke? drawn the drawstring. She and you blows smoke in Faye's face lovingly. Okay, we blow smoke. Fabulous. Ella draws the drawstring. Finds an open jewelry box or some kind of bric-a-brac puts it in, gently closes the lid, approaches it Albert. Go, it doesn't want to go down. <sighs> Leans in very closely. Oh Elroy, you need to stop. It's time to rest. All right, anybody seeing that? Probably everybody. Jesse. Yeah, me. <laughs> Jesse's and Catherine are on the porch. I am I'm intentionally passing cigarettes to Jesse so that he doesn't pay attention. All right. They're keen in their questions. You want to try it. And I'm whispering. Yeah, Nobody can hear it. me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You just leaned into a box and began. And it won't go down. I mean, I think that's fairly noticeable to anybody who's got a semi-decent perception and is in a house that is already covered in bric-a-brac. Please and tell me she's not trying to jam that into my canopic jar that I'm going to steal. No, no, no. No, it's, it's just, just a, a box. <laughs> I found a random box. No, don't worry. We're going to get you your canopic jar. You're going to be just fine. Yeah, you've already secured that. All right, so Faye, you wanted to look at the mask. We'll end up with that. So you go out to the outhouse. Who, who I'm sorry, was joining her besides Catherine with a, some sort of a shotgun sawed off and ready to go? I'm not I, I would like to go to I- explain. Okay. Also, why there is like three sh- salt shakers worth of salt poured <laughs> in it. And I understand. And roughly right. around it. All right. So we'll, we'll say that Danforth and Dawson are heading out that way. The rest of the team are trying to somehow keep Jesse from, you know, pooling himself with his own water uh, in the kitchen as he's... Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna. At I'm surprised he's not I'm, scratching his way through the wood outside. Not yet. I'm gonna see something. I'm gonna roll. As a matter of fact, I'll let somebody else here roll. Kayla, on your rolling app, please roll and let me see what you get. If it's higher than an 80, just show me. Oh no! Don't give that look. I don't Come want to. What you me. do, honey? Don't do it. Don't. Not don't, now. Don't. We have a guest. No. Oh, thank okay. God. Thank God. So thank God. No, it's higher than an 80. So at some point, Jesse does open the bread bin. No! We oh, don't have to Christ. go into the, the you know, the body expelling the things that it expels when it gets frightened, scared, and terrified. We'll just say that Jesse has had a, a, a moment, a psychotic moment, a break, and he is... Why would he do that? He just wasn't thinking and was nervous and started opening and closing drawers, hit the bread basket, and saw the possible head of Judas. Okay, so out to the outhouse. Faye, you and Professor Albert Danforth make your way out. And, yeah, sitting right alongside of it. Professor, did you put it inside or just along the outside? Just propped it up. Well, it was was, still in the box. In the box, right? In the hat box, because I wasn't touching it. Okay, inside the building? So, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I put it in there. I will encourage her to knock. But there is, like, open up a hat box. 
take an entire salt shaker, dump it in there, and then put the lid on, and then dump another salt shaker to all over and around in a rough ring. I will apologize. My ring wasn't clean. It was dark. And I really yep. failed my occult roll. But it's <laughs> good intentions. Uh, and I see those good intentions. Um, oh, you know what? I've done weirder. I used to... God, I used to make messes all the time. My dad used to yell at me pretty frequently when I was a kid. This is nothing. It's We'll, we'll see. Uh, so oh, not... I, 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 I don't you ever put a, put, a, put a haunted mask in a toilet. But... Uh... <laughs> You would not be trying very to surprised you anything, but I've... <laughs> you I'm would be to... very surprised what I put in a toilet when I was a child. Um, so, knock and announce myself? Yes, yes. I, I just announce myself and ask if it was okay to enter in with the house. The door opened. It was interesting. Very. All right, let's give this a shot. Um... Is that me knocking keeper yes. or is oh thank god. <laughs> the door knocked from the inside. <laughs> I was about to say, nope. This mask isn't interesting enough. It's not that necessary tonight. Christ. So I knock and I go. Uh hello, can I may I come in? Uh it's Faye Dawson out here seeking permission to enter this outhouse. Okay. You, do you, I? No, the, nobody answers you. I didn't know if the door was going to creak nope. open or not. Nope, nope. I shoot a look at Albert like, a, like uh, should I? And then I just reach forward and I yank the door open. And I'll... The box is there. Yeah. I will open the box. Okay. Can I you make an archaeology roll for me? Of course. All right. That is a 30, which is a hard success on my archaeology. My archaeology is a 70. You are, after a moment of looking at it, you are almost absolutely convinced that this is Pen uh, the death mask of Pentweer. The black, the black son who supposedly killed the pharaoh Ramesses III. The mummy that screams. The one that is all contorted and... Yeah, the Wonderful. Black Prince. I'm so excited that I opened this. And that's where we'll call it for tonight. Okay, gang, that was uh, our episode. I want to thank everybody who listens and everybody who's joining us. Uh, we are so excited to do this at the live show at Origins. We're going to be going to Mullenbibi, activating the stones, and seeing what, where the team goes after that and what happens. Trust me, it's not end-of-the-world stuff yet. Uh, that's Oh, my God, that's so far down the road. But I want to thank all of our, my players and especially our special guest, Seth. Seth, thank you so much. Great job, everybody. Um, I think for this, having me. Yeah, oh, no, we had a blast. I really so appreciate fun. it. So much fun. And um, we will be, uh, again, we'll be at Origins. Uh, at, let me see. The event number is 2069. Uh, there's tickets still available, so grab them. People are going to, I'm sure, start understanding exactly what they, they're going to get for their money, and they're going to want to sign up right away. So we uh, we can't wait to see you there. There's going to be door prizes, all kinds of fun. Hopefully, we'll have enough time for a little Q&A at the end. And if nothing else, you can have your picture taken with Catherine with a frown on her face. So I don't know how that could be any. I mean, hey. that's just massive. <laughs> 
That's worth a dollar. <laughs> who wants? Wow. To, who wants to? I stand think it's next worth five. Who wants to stand next to a curmudgeon for a dollar? Come on, but, kids, uh, take a pick with the pouty lady. For a dollar, I'll roast you as Catherine. It'll be great. Not even a dollar. I'll just do it because I'm happy that you showed up. Right, and I, I don't. And if you're into that kind of thing, normally you pay extra. Uh, Catherine will do it right there for free on the stage. So from all of us at the show, we want to say thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Don't forget to check out the Patreon and all the other stuff for the solo adventures. Love you all. Good night, everybody. Good night, players. Good night, keeper. Good night, listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.